I just want to say, um, what now? Where do we go now? What now? Christmas. We started seeing countdowns as early as July. People already counting down how many Fridays were left until Christmas Eve. Family arrangements in the beginning stages of being made. Are we going to Grandma's house? Are we going to Uncle Danny's? Are we going to stay home this year? Money being put back each paycheck. Airline tickets being purchased. How am I going to get Susie to wear a mask on the plane? Parents checking and double-checking the dates of finals. And when Christmas break starts for their kids, Walmart was already publishing Black Friday ads at the beginning of November. People were rushing to put up Christmas trees, lights, nativity scenes, before we even ate our turkey on Thanksgiving. Music teachers preparing choreography and handing out jingle bells for Christmas programs. Children's pastors sewing angel's wings and sheep ears for church programs. Trying to figure out where the elf on the shelf goes next. What's up with that? 21 days of Christmas on network television trying to make all of the Christmas light displays, Silver Dollar City outreach events. Parents frantically driving their, their marching band um, kids to the 15 different parades that are going on. Previously referred to Christmas programs now being performed for grandparents in every school, in every town, and in every church. Christmas parties, banquets, and gatherings for work, communities, and neighbors, trying to find that one last gift that you knew would not be out of stock, but somehow is, wrapping presents, filling stockings, baking goodies, sending cards. Of course, most importantly, remembering that God sent his son from beauty and perfection, not to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved, celebrating with family on Christmas Eve, trying to track that number from Amazon, FedEx, or UPS, putting the kids to bed early so that 6 a.m. won't come be so tough after you've spent half the night putting together a dollhouse, eating biscuits and gravy, reading the Luke chapter 2 account of the birth of Jesus, and watching kids excitedly open their presents. What seems to have taken months to prepare for is suddenly over. All of a sudden, it's gone. It's over. We've spent weeks gathering gifts, making family plans, donating our time and our resources to charities, attending church services. But what now? Where do we go now? After the Christmas trees go back in their boxes, the lights come off the houses, the trash cans are filled with anything and everything, and the baked goods are eaten, what do we do now? Some of the gifts received are placed in, placed in drawers and forgotten about. Some are taken back. Some are just worn to keep feelings from being hurt. Some last. Some don't. My son's already lost all the accessories to his action figures. Every year, I hear about that can't-miss gift, and each year I see that those gifts aren't nearly as exciting as advertised. In fact, last Thursday, I heard Mandy tell my kids, now guys, just be ready because daddy's going to be sad in a couple days when Christmas is over. What's up with that? She's actually right. There's this kind of feeling that it just kind of drops out. But 
we should only be sad if we miss out on the Christ of Christmas. That's the one thing that we cannot miss out on. The number four on Pastor Josh's grown-up Christmas list, don't miss Christ this Christmas. Jesus didn't come down so we could have a birthday party. He came so that we could experience grace, love, mercy, forgiveness from our sins, and a salvation that only comes through him. This is something that we can continue to experience long after Christmas is over and before the frenzy begins next year. But what now? Where do we go now? Close your eyes and bow your heads. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that um, you're here, that you're here throughout the year. You're not just here on Christmas. You just don't come down to lay in a manger and disappear again. You came down for a specific reason. And I just pray, God, that ears are opened, hearts are opened, and that we receive what you have to say today, God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 39 through 52. Luke chapter 2, verses 39 through 52. I'm reading from the New King James Version. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year, at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his Mary did not know it. But supposing, everyone say supposing, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among the relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, seeking him. Now it was so that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. There's so much um, in this passage, and, and we could talk about this passage for weeks. But because our pastor asked me to keep it short and sweet today, um, I'm just going to give you a couple thoughts. And these are thoughts that I think we're already aware of. These are things we already know, but I, I don't think it hurts to be reminded occasionally of, of some things we should be doing. In 2022, make sure the people around us don't miss out on Jesus. I'm going to read Luke 2, 43 and 44 one more time. And it says, when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing, supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among the relatives and the acquaintances. Mary and Joseph supposed Jesus to be in the company. 
they assumed he was with them. Often in ancient Palestine, groups gathered in, um, in large groups to deter any kind of criminal activity, you know, kind of highwaymen or bandits. And these large groups were often broken up into smaller groups with the women and the children in the front and the men often traveling behind. It would be so easy for each parent to just assume that Jesus was with the other. And it probably didn't occur to them that he was missing until they were setting up camp that evening. Um, that's when they finally realized he was gone and that they needed to do something. Mary and Joseph both assumed that Jesus was where he was supposed to be. An assumption is something that is accepted as true without proof. It doesn't mean it's true. We think it's true, but there's no proof to it. How often in our lives have people been left behind, left behind because we just assumed they were okay? 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. An ambassador represents and promotes specific activities. We are to represent Christ by bringing his message, by bringing the message of Jesus, by doing his work, and by taking his kingdom to those who might not yet have a personal relationship with him. We are to promote the message of Jesus to those around us and not assume they already know. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always, emphasis on that word, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone. Everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We must be prepared to speak or to promote as ambassadors about our hope in Christ because we never know. We never know when we might encounter someone who is in need, who doesn't have that hope in Jesus, and who's ready to hear about it. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. But what now? Where do we go from here? Recognize the time that God has given us and use it wisely to speak life and truth. Be ready to give them that answer. There's going to be someone come to you and they're going to ask, ask you where your hope comes from. Be ready with that answer. Don't assume the people around you, regardless of how they seem, are all right and already understand that hope that only Jesus offers. Even the most seemingly put-together person could be struggling. Until yesterday, I had spent 46 straight Christmases with my mom. Pastor Doug told me this morning how so many people, this is, this is the year they lost someone they dearly loved, and a relative, a parent, a sibling. We don't know what people are dealing with. There are kids right now wishing they were in school instead of on Christmas break. And that just sounds crazy to me. But there are kids at home wishing they were back in school because of the amount of abuse they receive and the lack of food they don't get. People have hurts. They have memories. They're creating facades of everything being fine. Depression, anxiety, frustration, anger, hidden issues, we might not see, her, but see it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. 
Let's be intentional with the way we talk to them. Let's be intentional with the questions we ask. There's a young man in our church who I've been talking to this past week um, about his friend who's struggling with alcohol. His words, his friendship, and his unwillingness to ignore the problem have helped his friend take the necessary steps to get the help he needs. Don't just suppose that people are where they should be. Apathy and assumptions will never bring anyone to Christ. Assertiveness and awareness and empathy is going to open a door for you. Jesus was assertive and he was aware. If God prompts you to speak to someone this year, be aware of what you're called to do and be assertive. Don't just assume that someone else is going to do it. Don't just assume that God's going to give you another day. Don't assume he's going to give you another chance. Of course, we know that um, when Mary and Joseph went on a frantic search to find their son, they did find him safe. But that's not always the case. Don't wait too late because of assumptions and throughout 2022 to tell those around you of the hope of Christ. I want to read Luke 2, 46 through 47. Now it was so that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. They found Jesus in the church house discussing the word of God with the teachers. The people there were blown away by his comprehension and his intelligence. But we sometimes assume, because of who Jesus is, that he was there teaching the rabbis. He wasn't. He was actually learning. He was soaking up what they were teaching. And although around 20 years later, he'd probably be teaching in that same temple himself, right now, at this point, he's learning. Asking questions was part of the process. Learning was part of the process. That was part of growing, and growing him into who God had planned for him to be. But what now? Where do we go now? What now? If Jesus was sitting in the temple learning and growing, then where should we be? If Jesus was sitting in the temple growing and learning, then where should we be? 1 Peter 2, 2 through 3, excuse me, 2 through 3 says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. The New King James says, desire the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. No Christian, whether seasoned or new, should ever lose their appetite for the nourishment of the word of God. It's our source of life. Only by spending time in God's word do we grow in our salvation and move past spiritual infancy and spiritual maturity. How hungry are we for the word of God? Are we hungry to learn of, of God's redemption or of God's forgiveness or of God's desire to be in a relationship with us? Is it absolutely necessary to be in church, to be in a relationship with God? No, it's not. But I would say it's one of the most essential things you can do, be in church. Dwight L. Moody, great um, preacher and theologian, said it this way. The difference between listening to a radio sermon and going to church is almost like the difference between calling your girl on the phone and spending an evening with her. We see it in Proverbs 1.5 that a wise man will hear and increase learning. And like Jesus, this 
this learning occurs while being in church. Hebrews 10, 25, 24 through 25 says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. In 2022, let's show our love for one another and our growth by gathering together in his name. From this time forward, Jesus never stopped going to church. The religious continually tried to hurt him, but he never stopped going to church. Even when he wasn't in the temple, he was still speaking to groups of people. I say this this morning, and I want you to hear this. Don't let what men have done keep you from attending church. The writer of Hebrews is telling us that fellowship with other believers is for everyone's best best interest. Yes, we do have a personal relationship with God that we must each individually work out, but living that out means that we must encounter others to share the grace and the message that we've been given. It's at church where I learned about the Bible. It's at church where I grew in faith. It's at church where I first experienced the power of Pentecost. It's at church where I first saw people healed. It's at church where I met my wife. It's at church where I developed some of my greatest friendships. It's at church where I saw drug addicts completely turn their lives around. It's at church where I saw those who hurt be healed. It's at church where I was called into ministry. It's at church where I learned that two or more gathered in his name, he will be in the midst of them. It's at church where I had the privilege to baptize my daughter. It's at church where the Son of God went to learn. If he went to learn at the church, what excuse do we have not to? Earlier I said, be prepared to give an answer to those who ask in 1 Peter 3.15. Church is one of the best places to learn how to give that answer. The church might not be perfect, but it's helped more lives in the past 2,000 years than any other organization. In 2022, make an effort to be in church. Jesus did. And finally, like I said, this is going to be short and sweet this morning, but that's what Pastor wanted. In Luke 2.49, Jesus said it, I must be about my father's business. Jesus was already aware that he was the son of God and that his first priority was serving his heavenly father. He knew who he was and what his end goal was. But what is our end goal? In 2022, we must be about our father's business. How? At Christ Point, we are going to try to conduct our Father's business by loving God with all of our head, heart, hands, and feet. But what now? What do we do in 22? This year, grow in your knowledge and in your understanding of the word. Cultivate relationships with the people around you, with the God you serve. Make a commitment to grow the kingdom through serving others. And share the message of Jesus with everyone you encounter, regardless of your assumptions. Christmas is over, 
and won't be back for 364 more days. But just because Christmas is over doesn't mean we need to miss out on Christ.